open up to Genesis, book of beginnings, as the Sunday school class goes downstairs. God bless them. I would like to say uh, that I just had so much faith that Katie was going to be able to sing that song during an offering that I was just waiting for her. <laughs> Hallelujah. That sounds so much better than, well, I did forget. <laughs> Amen. But I did. Hallelujah. Genesis 50. Very familiar portion of scripture. And um, God has been good to us. I know there's a battle going on. I know that there are hard times that, that some of us are facing. But God is, God is good. And I want to help shed some light on that. My heart's desire is that somebody would just be ministered to. That God would just strengthen your faith and help you see, uh, hallelujah, that he's going to take you through. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. So much, Lord, for your presence here today. And it's already been said, thank you for laborers. Thank you for, Lord, fellow soldiers and helpers, Lord, in the house of God. That we together, Lord, make up your body and that you are the head. Lord, you are, Lord, what, Lord, just so awesome, Lord. And we honor you and ask you to guide this service, Lord. Continue throughout this message, God, I pray, Lord, that in the speaking as well as in the hearing, there would be an anointing, God, and that the seed of your word would fall on good ground and bring forth good fruit. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We pray, Lord, to just have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Genesis 50, verse 15 it says, When Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say to Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of thy servants of God, of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. And now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, spake kindly unto them. Praise God. You may be seated. These few verses, I, uh, I'm not looking just to preach a masterpiece of, of oratory. I just tell you it's hard for me just not to stop at the end of every verse and maybe sometimes during it and say, wow, look at what the Lord has done. Amen. See, in this situation that we are reading about, Joseph is a man that loves God. But so much of the circumstances of his life are just tragic. Amen. He loves his family. He loves his father and mother. And God is working in his life. But his brothers envy him and persecute him. And finally, they deliver him over behind their father's back and that he might be sold as a slave. First, their thought was to kill him and just blame it on a wild animal. But one of the 
their older brother said, no, let's not do this and had a plan to maybe just work it out that, that it would, you know, when the anger and the idea was passed, maybe just make it all better again and bring Joseph out of the pit that they threw him in. But, but while Reuben was gone, they, they sold him to some slave traders that came through the area. Joseph, his circumstances were, were just horrible. So much just seemed like was working against him. And we don't see a lot of the internal struggles and, and doubts that he had to deal with through that. You don't sometimes in the accounts of the Bible. But when you turn to the book of Psalms, you know, you can see a lot of the anguish, a lot of the sorrow, deep sorrow and questions that, that uh, children of God ask. Amen. I thank God that I can preach about integrity when I talk about Joseph, that Joseph maintained his integrity. He, he did that which was right. He was sold into slavery and God would bless him even in that horrible place that wasn't, say, how can that be God's will? Well, God was working behind the scenes. Amen. That's what we want to talk about. He got into this situation and 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 was working as a slave for Potiphar. And where is God in all of this? Why would God allow something like this? Doesn't God love him? If God loves him, why allow him to suffer so much? And now Potiphar's wife is making moves on him. Joseph maintains his integrity again and says, how can I sin against God this way? And she lies about him and says that he tried to rape her. And gets thrown into prison because of lies. Where's God? Why would God allow this? If God is so loving and in control of everything, why would he allow this? Now he's in a prison in a dungeon. There he is with all the other prisoners. And someone, they start talking and he gets involved in a conversation. And they're saying, we had these crazy dreams. But I can't get away from it. It seems like... It means something. It seems like more than just this bad food that I had to sleep on last night and this hard ground. It seems like like something going on. He says, you know, God interprets dreams. Tell me what's going on, because I know the God that 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 knows everything. He interprets these men's dreams and he tells them, hey, just remember me. The one man is going to going to be executed in three days. The other man is going to be set free and restored into his position as a cupbearer in the in the king's palace. He said, remember me. Yeah. But he doesn't. Right. I'm not the only one who forgets things. <laughs> but uh, but then something happens where Pharaoh himself has a dream that he can get away from and. Yeah. It, it's something is here. I got to know. And and uh, the man says, I'm, I made a mistake. There's a man I was supposed to remember. And uh, but you know what? God's timing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every moment, every hour, every day, Joseph is suffering alone in a prison. Right. And he doesn't have any answers. Right. All he has is faith. All right. But now he's called before Pharaoh. Now he's called before the most powerful man in the world at that time. The, the Egyptians are at the peak of, uh, of their dynasty. And now Pharaoh is saying, you talk to the gods? Do they tell you what dream? No, I, just, I know the one true God. Yeah. 
and he'll tell you what's going on. And God uses Pharaoh's dream and Joseph's interpretation to say there's a there's a famine coming. You're going to have seven years of really great harvest. But listen, there's going to be hard times coming. Prepare for that. And God not only gives him the knowledge, but the wisdom to say you ought to set somebody above your your uh, your agricultural department and have them bring in the extra because you're going to need that. And Pharaoh says, not only have you helped us, but you who who has wisdom like that? Now, Joseph, through all this sorrow and hurt, is now in a position in the palace of the king as his chairman of the Department of Agriculture. And when the famine comes seven years later, he's in charge of doling out the extras. And and other nations are coming in because they're being affected by the famines. And now he's being reunited with his family. His sons, that his brothers rather, that, that hated him. And, and brought him into years of all this struggle. But Joseph at this time recognizes God's mercy and compassion I had to struggle for a little while, but God had a bigger plan to to help others, to minister to others, not only now to my family, but to those in in the community and those around. And the the brothers are still pretty knuckleheaded. They still don't have a lot of spiritual insight. They come by and they say, we are dead meat. He's second to Pharaoh now. You know, they worship Pharaoh. Now he's got the power to throw us into prison. He's got the power to sell us as slaves. He's got the power to kill every one of us and our kids. If he has the right, he has every bit of the right to do it. And he has a motive. He can return the evil that we had shown him. And in the midst of this, you see, Joseph begins to cry when they suggest That he hates them and should forgive them. And says, don't you see the bigger picture? He's the one who felt the sorrow. He's the one that felt the loneliness. Right? He's the one that was isolated from his family for all those years. He's the one that was lied on and betrayed and, 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 and didn't look for any of that. Just, it wasn't his own consequences. But he says, listen to me, you had evil intentions against me, but God had a good plan. A good plan that was bigger than my comfort zone. Amen. A a, a bigger plan that was bigger than than my will, my dreams even. He had a dream that he gave Joseph and that was bigger than all his dreams. God has a plan. God has a plan. It's hard for us to recognize sometimes because we are so short-sighted. We look at circumstances, and that's so natural. But we have such a tunnel vision of our immediate comfort and, and what we want and what we feel. And the Bible is just loaded with these promises exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. It's God's plan. His ways are so far above our ways as the heavens are to the earth. But we still look at what's happening today and say, you know what? Where's God's love in my life? Because I'm crying, because I hurt, because I'm going without. And and why doesn't God love me? But God's got a plan. 
He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. He was talking to people that were going through some things. They were in captivity. He said, but I've got plans for you. I've got thoughts, and they're not evil. They're thoughts of peace to give you an expected. I'm looking at the end of the story. I'm getting you somewhere with a plan and a purpose that's bigger than your ideas. It's God's ideas. It's amazing. We know all those promises. He's working all things together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28 and this here and Jeremiah and his ways, but yet our circumstances, but yet our experience of what we're facing today. So you don't understand. See, I had parents that didn't really treat me very nice and, and you know, they, they, you know, they made me go to church. They made me try to try to learn about Jesus. They probably made you eat your vegetables and go to school and take baths, too. Ooh, mean. Or maybe you did have an abusive upbringing. It happens more and more. I'm not taking anything away from that. Saying, well, I had a church. Ooh, how many bad stories start like that? I had a pastor once. I knew some Christians once. I know people that have been sexually abused by their Sunday school teachers. Sure. I know a lot of horrible things that have happened in the name of a church. Amen. You don't understand how hard it is for me, my circumstances, my, my family that I have now and my friends that, that just wear me down. You don't know how I hear so often, you know, you just don't know what it's like. Uh, talk to a man, an addict here not too long ago, just this year. That was telling me, you don't know how every time I try to do good, I've got family that pull me down again, that wear me down, that, that come against me time and time again. The people around me, they just, just always uh, uh, coming against me, always just, just wearing me out. Or you don't know, I've got battles. I've got so many things that are that are, they're just hard for me. I don't doubt that. But the thing that I'm telling you isn't that you can be strong and you have what it takes to be better. I'm telling you there's a God that's got a gospel good news. Amen. That he's going to, he can help you get involved in having a plan that moves you toward an expected end. How many times some of you, of course, others that you've heard say, you know what? I started out, but things got bad. Yeah, Joseph had the same experience. It's not about our circumstances so much, but the question is, how do I take what what I have today and what I face every moment, how do I take that and just be faithful to what God gave me? Amen. I I can say I don't want it this way. I want better circumstances in my life. But let me take what I have and say, God, help me through your strength, through the salvation that you gave me. Because see, this great salvation, the Bible calls it a great salvation, says how can we escape judgment, basically, if we neglect so great a salvation? God's salvation, his death on the cross, will take away the chains that hold you back all your past and 
There's still scars and there's still temptations, but he'll fill you with his power to overcome. Tough thing about it. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. It's the hardest thing to ask, ever ask people to be honest with themselves. Our minds always look for excuses. Our mind will always go to that thing and say, hey, this is why it's too hard for me. I'm different. Different than Joseph? You have it harder than me? I'm not going to fight with you on that. I've got my battles and had my battles. I'm not going to compare myself to to somebody else and try to act like we we all have, have some struggles and I respect that. But understand, our, our minds will always go to, this is why it's too much for me. This is why I'm different. Listen to me. The cross yeah. is for whosoever will. That's right. My circumstances make it impossible for me. And you know what else people love so often is, is so-called friends that reinforce that kind of mentality that say, yeah, you, you'll, you're right. It's too hard for you. They don't understand. The gospel does not say that our past and our battles and our circumstances aren't tragically awful. It just says the cross is so much more powerful. That it can deliver you and that God can give you victory over every voice that says you can't. Understand this, and you'll hear me say it if God gives me breath and opportunity, that the Bible tells Jesus said, with man it is impossible. But with God, with God all things are possible. The idea that that our circumstances are, are too much for God, the idea that our battles are too difficult for His promises, is a lie. Yeah. Let me tell you some. I could I could take a lot more time than any of us really want to take today, just through the Bible. But one of the earliest accounts of the children of Israel that they're going into the Promised Land finally under Joshua, they wandered in the wilderness long enough, and now God was going to take them in, and they come to this place called Jericho. Right. How many remember Jericho and the walls that were around Jericho? But before you ever find out about those walls and and how God brings those walls down and gives victory to, to uh, the children of God because those high walls aren't too high for God. There's someone within the walls of Jericho that bring aid, brings aid to the people of God. A hero among them that protects the people of God. An unlikely hero. A harlot. Now... It's kind of tough sometimes for us. And a lot of Christians, they just, it's always kind of something I chuckle at. People say, well, let me tell you, you know, they put things online sometimes or you hear people, here's some verses that you'll never hear in church. You need to find a church that's not afraid of their Bibles. But the thing you have to understand is um, our idea of this woman who's a prostitute is, has nothing to do with what's going on downtown in, in New York City. Really, it's not about that. It, it really definitely has nothing to do with what is glamorized on in Hollywood. Right. And certainly not justifying any kind of uh, 
principles of prostitution in any way. More than likely, we don't know her backstory. But I can tell you it's very little chance that this is some woman of the streets like we might have around here that's trying to support a drug habit or has been abused and kicked out and homeless or whatever her situation might be. This most likely in Canaan at this time was a young lady who was sold, maybe even sold to a pagan temple. Someone who was more along the lines of a sex slave. God help us in this generation that's supposed to be so woke that doesn't understand those that are being abused and exploited. And, uh, but more or less, this was, this was a, a young woman who, who was being exploited. And uh, I'm not trying to just take any bit of her choice in or out of it. I don't know. But I will tell you this. Her situation was, was tragic. If you want to talk about circumstances, you want to talk about luck, you want to talk about what her life was about, it was nothing but evil. But she saw something in the children of God when their spies came in and said, will you remember me as she hid them and lied about where they were, said, I don't, they're not here and protected their lives. That this woman... More than likely born into a pagan society, exploited by, by a heathen and perverted culture, right. is now one of the only women mentioned in the lineage yeah. of Jesus Christ's right. natural birth. Right. Rahab. Here's someone with circumstances, situations. You want to talk about bad luck? I can't. I can't. Here's someone who said, I'll do anything and everything I can because I see something in your God that we don't have. But then I look at somebody else, a hand-picked follower of Jesus. Someone who, in the flesh, can you imagine? Jesus walking down the roads there of Judea and says, come and follow me. Handpicked for three plus years there to hear audibly, to see Jesus perform miracles, to hear his teaching, to see the signs and wonder to be a part of that. Talk about good luck. Talk about perfect circumstances. How could you have any better circumstances around you for your spiritual well-being than Judas had? Who went down in history as a hero of faith? Judas, a disciple, or Rahab, the hooker? Hello? Oh, my situation. Listen, look beyond your situation. This Bible is full of... Families and eras of time where men who were raised by complete heathens, complete idolaters, some of the most wicked kings in Israel, and their children growed up to be some of the most righteous leaders that destroyed idolatry, that hated sin, that did everything they could to to promote righteousness and the word of God. Amen. 
It's not fair. It's not right. My, my family used to sacrifice children. My family had, had uh, idols all around, but they rose up and said, not me. I'm going to serve God. And then some of the most righteous, the most dedicated men of, of, of the leadership of, of Judea had children that took it for granted and said, no, I'm going to serve the idols of the people in the world. This Bible teaches anything. It's not teaching that God is absent in your in your prison cell, in your dungeon, in your, in your valley. It's that God doesn't care and all that. But God transcends all that and took Joseph from a very evil situation and had a plan throughout that. Hey, keep holding on. Keep trusting me. I'm going to bring some things to pass that are beyond your comprehension. And that every one of our situations, God cares, God sees the tears, God knows that pain intimately. But he'll never use that as an excuse to help you continue on inflicting pain on yourself or on others. He'll help you to be an overcomer. He'll help you have purpose even in the suffering. Purpose even in the trial. Deuteronomy. One of the last times that Moses addresses the people of Israel before he hands over his leadership role to Joshua. Deuteronomy 30. I'm telling you this idea that we can just come to church and go through the motions. That's not, there's no victory in that. This idea that we can put on a, an air of religion and, and uh-uh. But when we allow God to truly be our God and plug us into his purpose and his plan, there's hope. There's hope even in the darkness. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I'm telling you, I understand what kind of generation we're living in. I've been under... I've done my best uh, to learn and to grow in the area of just being, being, uh, having a, well, a better just personality for people. I think it's important. Right. But some of these guys, man, they just, they just laid it out. And yeah. You wonder how anybody nowadays could be saved under somebody named Moses is saying, hey, I'm going to tell you, God's giving you a choice, but I'm saying this against you because I know your hearts. It's tough. I mean, give me a second. Moses literally said, hey, I'm going to teach you a song. So you remember when you reject God, this song's going to ring in you kind of like ABC always does. You're going to remember this song that I told you. You're going to backslide because you're so stubborn. (laughs) But look what he says. He tells them the truth. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death. I've set before you life and death. There are battles ahead. He's not talking about the battles. There's labors that have to happen. He's not talking about the labors. So there's going to be challenges ahead. He's not talking about this. I'm giving you a choice. You've got a choice. Where you're at, you have a choice. That choice is the difference between life and death. That choice is the difference between blessing and cursing. Therefore, this is what he says. He wasn't mean. He just was honest. He said, therefore, listen. Choose life that you both, thee, thou, and thy seed may live. Choose life. 
I'm setting this to you. I see your stubbornness. I see how, how, how you're just, just rebellious, but choose life. It's up to you to make a choice. There's a lot of things you didn't choose. True. There's a lot of things you wouldn't choose, but every day you live, you do have a choice to surrender what you are living to God and follow him in it. That both thou and thy seed may live. Listen to me. Your friends, your family, your children. We got to get off this idea. It's just not fair. It's not easy. No, it's not fair and it's not easy. But make a choice to move forward today in your faith. Make a choice to start living and loving God. Some things I know I say it often. Some things are just consequences, my own dumb decisions. But some things are just life that happens. Don't give up. Don't allow yourself to be bitter. Choose life. Because what you see, if you'll read your Bible, what you'll see is some of the most horrific situations. God has a beautiful plan woven in it. And I know some people you say, no, not not the abuse I endured, not the trouble I had. And, and you can make that choice. And that's a choice of death. That's a choice to say there's no hope. There's no there's no there's no right in it. And there's nothing that can come out of that except death. But the choice of blessing, the choice of life says, God, I don't like this, but you help me be be the best I can be in this through you. I don't want to be like that. Amen. A lot of my life I spent not knowing where to look for a good example. I just said, hey, you know what? Here's some some I don't want to be that way. God save me from that because that could be my tendency. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him. Listen to that. Cleave unto him. That is a, a closeness that it, it, it's like it talks about a man that used his sword and, and it cleaved into his hand. Where they had to pry it out. It just became one with his hand. It talks about a husband and wife cleaving to one another, becoming one flesh. For he is thy life and the length of thy days. That thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. God, God will take you through. And God will give you something like, like Joseph. I know, not soon enough in your own eyes. But that man meant evil in your life. But God's working something out for good. If you go to the book of Joshua in closing, Joshua 24, now Joshua is kind of signing off. And Joshua kind of uses the same really kind of boldness, if you will. Joshua 24, verse 14, he says, now therefore, 24, verse 14, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. So good. Sincerity, but do it from your heart. Do it from your heart. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day who you will serve. Just talked to someone recently and said, do you really look at those in your family who have given up and say, that's what I want. Right. Do you really look at people that 
don't have God in their lives and say, that's the example I want for me, for my children? Or do you see something in God's people? Do you see something that offers light and hope? Something that is, is more than, than all that. He says, if it seems evil, if there's something evil about serving God, go ahead and choose. You're going to serve someone. You're going to serve yourself. You're going to look in the mirror and say, there's my God. There's the one that will never let me down. He says, you can look back in Egypt. They've got their gods. They've got their jackals and their cattle and their, their, uh, their falcons and their, all oh, oh, their scarabs. You can, you can, you can serve their gods that you saw God obliterate one after another. Yeah. Or, you know what? You don't have to, a lot of people say, well, I'll never go back. There's plenty of gods on this side. Right. The gods of the Amorites, he said, there's plenty of people here. Look around. Yeah. Right? right? You want to serve pleasure? You want to serve, serve alcohol? You want to serve drugs? You want to look in this world and, 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 and celebrate the celebrity of the day? Do you want to, what, what is, what's your choice Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, I can't I can't choose for anybody else. I can't allow somebody else's poor choices, though it disappoints me. It hurts me to see others that I thought, oh, this is they're 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 doing so good. That's my friends. They're they're overcoming. But God, as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. You do have a choice. I know. I know a lot of people say I had no choice in. No, you don't have a choice in a lot of situations and circumstances. But you can choose how you respond to that in your faith. You can believe that God's got a plan. And that God's ways, even in the darkness, I'm going to choose to follow him. That through this salvation that he has given me, that I'm going to choose to be honest. I'm going to choose to be a faithful friend when I've had very few. You got to make these choices. You got to choose to rise above all the things that are trying to bring out the worst in you and say, God, fill me with your best and let me bear good fruit. It's hard when you're betrayed. It's hard when you've been hurt. It's hard when you're being lied to or lied about. It's hard to face the countless trials and tribulations that we do face but with god but with god you can be better with god you can overcome let's bow our heads in prayer i don't doubt for a moment the hurt that is in this house today I'm getting ready here in a few hours to preach to a room of people that their own bodies are a prison. Minds that are sound in so many of them, but some of them not even able to form words because their bodies are working against them. Why would you allow something like that? Why why not me? Why not you? 
But I'm here to tell you that if we can look up to God, if we can look up to Him for our strength, for our vision, it's not your best. Your best will fail. But He paid a price on Calvary. That if you can let Him be your Savior, because we fall so short so often, if you could turn it all over to Him and let Him fill you with His power, fill you with His life, you'll see something that's bigger than all your hang-ups, bigger than all your trials, bigger than all the things that you can excuse away all you want. God, God brings victory. Let's come find a place to pray. Let's take some time to talk to Him. God, we love you. Can you just take some time and talk to God? Can you take some time and just tell Him, I want more of you. I need your strength. Yesterday of a man, a very famous scientist, a very famous astronomer, people asking him about God, and he said, I'm unconvinced. And they brought up the idea of being a Christian, and he said, No one can live that. That is an impossibility realize he quoted scripture with man it is impossible but with God there are changed lives here today there are people with hope hope through horrible circumstances that have joy and not bitterness that have love and not hate not because their circumstances were easy but on the contrary through those things that God brings purpose and hope tells us to repent, turn from our lives and say, God, I want you to lead me. I want you to teach me. I want your help. With sincerity and in truth, bury the the old life in Jesus' name and be filled, be filled with him. Be filled with his power. You'll bear fruit of love, joy, peace, temperance, meekness, faith. Oh, His best, not yours. And when you face your trial, you can face it with Him. When you face that dungeon. Oh, there's too many that have gone before you with circumstances. circumstance doesn't guarantee the best luck if you will doesn't guarantee 
a good outcome and the worst doesn't oh no it's what you do with it with your choice are you going to choose to serve God are you going to choose to rise above it God, I'm asking you to help us today. I'm asking you to help us today, Lord. Each one of my friends, God, here today, you know the battles that they have fought. You know the the scars in their lives. But Lord, help them, I pray, to, to look to you. Lord, you're the author and the finisher. You began a good work and you're going to complete it. I thank you, Lord. God's power is greater than your weakness and it's greater than the battle that you're in. There's going to come a time in your life that you can rejoice and say, God, you did. You did everything you said you would. You were faithful. Through my battle, Lord, you you had that plan for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. evening, Lord, that you would work in a great way. Prepare our hearts, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.